Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. After missing out on last week's episode, we are back. Uh, as always, this pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club and get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. As always, joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing, sir? Dark days, Richard. Very dark days. I'm sipping some Japanese whiskey at the moment, trying to summon the serenity of the Eastern traditions, but it's, I don't know if it's that's that gonna... dark that we're going Japanese whiskey, huh? Shalka 04 are Shalka ON4 at the moment. And uh, that well is. Well done. <laughs> as, as friend of the show, Abel Mejeros would, would say, and, and make sure that we're aware of on Twitter for sure. But good Lord, man, how are you doing? Oh. Other than Schalke, I'm doing okay, but Schalke, they're making it making it tough for us. Um, we, this is this is a busy, busy week, and uh, coming into this hell week, we kind of knew how horrid it was going to be for us. Um, it's not ideal for a team that was going into this week with an 0-2 record and in poor form to boot. Um, but like you know, like we were saying, it was a busy week for Schalke and also for us, really. Um, but we're back to cover it all today. <laughs> Did you did you catch all three games? I assume you did. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess I would have rather not given what the results <laughs> ended up being for the most part. But Especially yeah, the Bundesliga ones. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Well, um, I think let's just it's just, since we missed the we missed the last episode, we're just gonna get into the meat of it and let's get going. Uh so let's take it away. So as we said, it was a busy week. Busy week, excuse me, for Schalke. Um, last Saturday against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, this past Tuesday against Porto in the Champions League, and then yesterday uh, in the Oktoberfest uh, derby, if you will, against Bayern Munich. Three games, three important games for Schalke, uh, as we said, and it did not fare too well. Um, let's well. Before we get into all the games, Jack, what are you, what's your overall reaction? You know, we knew how we, we already talked about how it was going to be like going into this week. Now that this week has come and gone, do you feel the same about Chalka? Better or, or a lot worse? Well, as you said, headed into this week uh, with an 0 2 record and, and knowing that we're going to go up against uh, hashtag a German team in Gladbach and uh, <laughs> Bayern Munich, there was a very real possibility that we were going to end up going 0 4, especially after we lost. To Gladbach. So I, I guess what I would say is I mean, once we went once we went 0 and 3, it was almost a certainty that we would go 0 and 4 because we're not right. we're not beating Bayern in our current form. But um, I actually feel worse about things than I than I expected to feel just given, I think, what the performances have been. Um, outside of that Champions League performance, which I think was a little bit more promising, but uh, just some brutal, brutal football being played. 
by Schalke, and we'll get into all that, but I'm not liking what I'm – it'd be one thing if we were losing these games and the performances were giving us almost anything to hold on to, but there's there's very little to like with the on-the-field product at the moment, and it, it's very concerning. We are currently at the bottom of the table, uh, and you, you have to say deservedly so. Yeah, and uh, coming into this weekend, we were actually tied with uh, Leverkusen, which are two teams you do not expect at the bottom of the table. They got their first win of the, of the season on uh, on Saturday, or actually said it today, actually. Uh, but Schalke have yet to get their first win. Um, let's let's start off with the the Gladbach game. Um, uh, let's take a line up, look at the lineup real quick. Um, obviously, Fairman was going to be in gold. He's the captain. Uh, Salif Sane, Naldo, and uh, Nastasic in the back. Uh, in the midfield, we had Kalajiri, Bentaleb, Rudy, the new man, and Mendel, the other new man. Um, and up top, we had Bergi, DeSanto, and Uth. How did you? What did you think about that lineup uh, going into the game? Yeah, I, I never thought I would miss uh, Stambouli as much as I have, because right? I, I was a fan of Carer, and there was definitely times last year when I, I preferred him because of some of the defensive mistakes that Stambouli had been making but given the way things are going you have to you have to think that the second that guy's healthy we're slotting him in so we have some way to build out of the back at the moment because it's been it's been brutal so um you know I was really excited about the signing of Salif Sane and pairing him with with Naldo and and Nastasic but that has not worked out particularly well for us up to this point I think we're basically averaging two goals a game um we may have actually conceded two goals exactly in every game if I'm not mistaken so uh yeah. yeah yeah but beyond I mean beyond that I guess I guess fairly standard for what it's going to be this year um we'll see if things change down the road but I mean this lineup is probably as to be expected I would say and I think you know not only the missing missing of uh Stambouli but also Achipka we've seen that the it just something is not right with the lineup and uh looking at this lineup coming in you know I didn't. I didn't really like to see Bentaleb and Rudy in there together. Bentaleb has played a lot better. Rudy is obviously not up to speed yet, uh, and it's been showing. Uh, Mendel, you know, it's, it's too early to tell with him so far. Uh, Mark Ruth is finding finding it hard so far, but he is working hard. He's not working as hard, like say, as Bergsteller would or, or DeSanto, but um, he's off to a very slow start. Uh, so that was the lineup in this one. Um, to go real quick through the game to remind everyone, um, Ginter would score in the third minute off a header. Uh, so right, right off the bat, Jack, we were we were down one nothing. Um, that's not the way. To, with an zero two record, that's not the way to start a game. And yes, I know you're on the road at a very very nice arena, but still, um, that that's way too early. Uh, set pieces again. Yeah, certainly not. And and once again, uh, a set piece goal and something that was a strength for us last season and has absolutely not been the case. So far this year, I think that was the second uh, corner kick goal that we had conceded up to that point. We, uh, I believe, last year we conceded what three from corners all year. Yeah, and now through the Bayern game, we have uh, we we've tied that mark. So, uh, <laughs> it's it's a different team. That's all you can say. You know, it certainly is, and it seems that, um, and I've said this before on Twitter, is that it seems like Tedesco is trying to be too cute, almost like you know last year. Uh, Schalke played a certain way, very pragmatic, but it was successful, and it it was the same time, same way every game for the most part. Little tweaks here and there, and they were good at it. This year, they're trying to do different things. Maybe it maybe because they're trying to you know add offense to the team, but it's not working because it's hurting still on the offensive end, but also on the defensive end in the midfield. 
yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that later, just with what exactly we're doing, because I think I think the Bayern game was a particularly good example yes, of that. Yes. But um, yeah, what I'll say for the time being is that I, I think the departures of Max Meyer and Goretzka have affected us more than I would have expected they would have. But yeah, yeah, we can uh, we can talk more about that later, as you know, we do face Goretzka uh, as a, you know yesterday against in the Bayern game. Um, so the rest of the highlights of that game, that game, um, the new man Mendel picked up a yellow really early on in the twenty second. Well, so so about so about Mendel real quick. I actually thought I actually thought he got off to a very good start the first 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was. He was getting forward. He looked lively. Um, I thought he was playing some nice balls, and he seemed to be uh, a vehicle for us to really get possession in in the final third and advance the ball. And I was I was very pleased with that. As you say, he picks up that yellow, and then within a matter of it might have been three minutes. He makes a very ill-advised tackle, like an aggressive. I think he was trying to win the ball down um, in enemy territory, and in my opinion, should have been a second yellow, almost certainly. And maybe, maybe the referee took pity on us. First time that's happened all year for us because we've had yeah, some bad decisions. <laughs> that might have been the first one that kind of went our way. I, I thought he was going to be shown red for sure. He wasn't, um, but uh, you know, given given the the red cards that we had had up to that point. Uh, Tedesco wasn't going to take any chances, and he subbed them right off. So, yeah. a, as you said earlier, I mean, I think jury's very much still out on Mendel. We only got, you know, twenty minutes or so of him to 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 really form an opinion at this point. But uh, definitely not the way he would have wanted to start his Schalke career. And um, yeah, the discipline just lacking, and not not just from him, from a lot of players. But uh, yeah, that was burning a substitution that early against a team like Gladbach is, is not a good idea. And it's funny that you say, you know, he's, yes, he, he substituted in the 25th minute and his, his substitute shelf would pick up a yellow. So that, you know, in yeah. effect that was almost a red right there. So it could have been three yellows there for that one position anyway. Um, so we are going to halftime down one, nothing. Um, coming to the second half, Mbolo would come in for DeSanto. Toykert would come in for Burksteller both in the 67th minute uh, to try to add some offense into the game. Um, unfortunately, that would be the opposite effect as uh, Patrick Herman would score in the 76th minute, uh, make it 2 nothing in that game. Um, we got a consolation goal, a brilliant goal by Bria Limbolo in the, in the third minute of stoppage time, but Schalke would lose 2-1. to one. Um, Poor performance. I mean, there's not, nothing else to say. Uh, Gladbach seemed to have the better of Schalke in every, every which way in that game, including set pieces. Um, it wasn't until that that moment of brilliance, I guess, by Mbolo, that would give us a glimmer of hope. But uh, that was maybe the only positive, at least from the attacking end. I mean, so from a from a stat perspective, I, I it I think it was fairly even actually, but it definitely yeah. did not come across that way when you're watching the game. Uh, it seemed like Gladbach was largely in control and in cruise control for a lot of that, and we were definitely struggling. And you know that late. And Bolo goal, um, you know, as nice as that was, was you know really nothing more than a consolation. And uh, it's it's unfortunate that he even had to come on the pitch for somebody like Franco DeSanto. But I mean, that's that's where we are at the moment, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, zero and three to start the year. Uh, another subpar performance. Uh, not a lot of positive takeaways from it. And uh, that, that's. That's a tough position to be in then knowing that you have, you know, a short rest before Champions League fixture and then another short rest heading into uh, almost a certain loss against Bayern Munich. Yeah, and and if you want to take a positive away is that stat-wise, we didn't look that bad. 
uh, you know, like I said, 51 possession for Gladbach to R49. Uh, shots on goal. Shaka supposedly had the advantage with one more shot on goal and two more shots on net. Um, corner kicks were were even. Crosses had Shaka had double the amount. Uh, Shaka had double the amount of fouls as well, and four times the amount of the yellows. Uh, but that stats lie. Um, you know, you can see in the play, and it looked like Gladbach was the better of the of the two teams, and it, and it showed with the end result being two to one. Um, so, you know, go, that was tough, tough loss, obviously. I'm going into Champions League encounter against a team that is probably going to be favored to win the group in Porto. Um, this game would be at Gelsenkirchen. Um, so they're back in the confines of their home. Yeah, and, quick, shout out, quick shout out to Bleacher Report for charging $3 per match or whatever it is to watch a Champions League match now. Thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Richard if you don't want to pay for the whole season, $80, yeah, 80 bucks for the season pass. Like, yes. I mean, my hands are kind of tied because I need to be able to watch these matches, obviously. Um, and watch replays in a reliable fashion. I'm not trying to, you know, go to Reddit for that, but um, yeah, that was. I used to be able to get all the Bundesliga matches and all the Champions League through one subscription with Fox Soccer Match Pass. That is no longer the case. Shelling out more money. So anyway. Yes, I went on a rant to, on Fox Soccer to because I did not know about this. Uh, no Champions League. So I even told you I was like, I went on FoxSoccer.com or Match Pass, whatever. And I'm like. Where the hell is this Bundes- where, where the hell is the Champions League? I say I see Bundesliga and rugby and all this crap. I'm like, where the hell is the Champions League? And- so that's even worse. That's even worse for you then than not not expecting that. I at least knew it was coming. It didn't make the the pill that much easier to swallow. But yeah, yeah, that's a that's a bad surprise on a Tuesday for you for sure. Yeah. So then I coughed up the eighty bucks because I like I said like you I had to watch the games. The three dollars is a good option if you just wanted to watch one game or whatever. But um, there's a lot of good games this year as the, as they are every year and also Europa League. So I'm like I need to watch this. So. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure your newborn. Listening. I'm sure your newborn son can go without food for a couple of days. It's a. It's a. You know, worthy sacrifice to be able to watch these games. Hey, it comes in free. It comes out of the mother, so <laughs> it's good right now. <laughs> Next year we'll talk. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, the game, the first Champions League game, match day one, would be against Porto, a tough opponent. Jack, uh, I would say that they're going to be the favorites to win our group. Um, is that how you see it as well? I don't think this Porto team is maybe as dangerous as, as the Porto sides of the last yes, five years or so have been. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, given given the way Schalke is playing so far this season, I definitely don't think Schalke is favorites to win this group by any stretch of imagination. So, yeah, I guess I'd probably agree with that by default. So, with you know, with the Champions League game with three games in one week, you we even expected that it would be heavy rotation in these games, if not at least half the team, and that was not the case. Uh, looking at the lineup in this one, obviously Fairman was again in net. Um, back, the back three remained the same. Sane, Naldo, Nastasic. Midfield, for the most part, was the same. A couple couple additions in there. We had uh, Kalajiri, Serder, Bentaleb, McKinney, and Alessandro Schoff. Um, almost like a five-man midfield, really. Schoff, would, you know, different guys would push up. Uh, up top, we had Embriel Mbolo making second consecutive start and Mark Uth. Um, well, Embolo didn't. Is not, he didn't start the last game, but um, in different different formation, um, the team showed a little more gumption. This is actually of the, of the three games this week. This was the the better of the of all the performances. I thought, especially the first forty five minutes against Porto. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to add a midfielder um, into the starting lineup in the place of DeSanto, I'm going to support that almost every time. I would imagine so. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and another opportunity. To see Suat Serdar, the new signing, uh, in action. Haven't seen a ton of him yet, and then also great. I mean, it's great experience for both him and Weston McKinney, two very young midfielders. 
Um, so I was excited to see that you know the manager was putting faith in them. Uh, you know, right off the bat, uh, with a fresh slate, the Champions League, not one of those situations where you know we're we're going into the fifth or sixth game of the group stage, and uh, we already know that we're not qualifying or we already have, and those games are kind of meaningless. This is you know this is fresh slate, need to get a result, and uh, he's putting the trust in to the young guys, and and I love to see that. You, when we were talking about Gladbach, you brought up this point, and it and, and fits perfectly into this is that Schalke have not been getting many calls. Um, in this one, early on. Uh, Naldo gets called for a yellow or a handball in the box, um, and a penalty would be awarded to Porto. <sighs> At first, I mean, it was it was a harsh yellow or harsh penalty, I think. But based on the rules, that it's a it's a penalty. Um, Naldo's hands should not be up there in the first place. But I don't think he was intent. I think he was going for with his head, and it missed, and it hit his hand. Uh, um, see, I, the reason I struggle with this one is because. I mean, I guess his arm is in an unnatural position, but pretty much no one jumps in the air with their arms at their sides. It just doesn't happen. Everyone puts their arms out or raises them up to some extent to get some sort of leverage or whatever. It's just kind of the, it's kind of the natural jumping motion. His arm was, it wasn't down, but it was, it was against his body. It was kind of like he was T-Rexing it a little bit, if you know what I'm talking about. It was, it definitely was. And so it's not like his arm is above his head or it's extended away from his body. It's, it's, basically touching his body um, and the ball took a very quick deflection from the player. I don't know if it was a Chicago player, or the Porto player right in front of him and then went on to his hand. And to me, that's, that's a really, really harsh call. That oh, absolutely. I, I mean, you can, I guess you can make the argument that his arms in an unnatural position. I mean, if that had happened and uh, you know, it, it had, it had gone our way instead of, you know, where we were awarded the penalty, and I would have, I would have felt bad for for Porto in that situation. I thought that would have been a very harsh call. So, uh, once again, at at a minimum, I think a questionable decision, and it goes against us, and not for the first time this year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, already it's hard for us. We're assuming that they're they're going to score on this penalty kick, uh, and it shouldn't. We shouldn't really assume because of all the keepers in the Bundesliga and maybe the world. Um, Fairman is one of the best when it comes to penalty saves. He has something like seven penalty saves over the last two, two, three years, um, which is by far, I think, the most. I think maybe uh, uh, what's his name from Real Madrid um, has more. Um, like his name is escaping me right now. But um, anyway, Telus would be the guy who goes up and try to take the kick, and he would be saved by Fairman. Um, he bailed. He bails us out in that one. Um, <laughs> That was a relief for me because, like I said, I didn't think, especially I know you don't either, didn't think really it was a deserved penalty. Um, and, yeah, Fairman bails us out. And I thought when that happened that this was going to be a different game for Schalke and a different result. Yeah, definitely a big emotional swing. You saw how fired up his teammates were, everyone coming up and, you know, bumping him in the chest for making that one. And, it was, yeah, it was a great save. He gets down to his left, guesses correctly, puts a strong arm and a strong hand down there and is able to just push it wide. Uh, and we certainly needed that. That's not the way you want to, you know, concede your first goal uh, in the group stage. Especially, you know, starting off at home, uh, these home fixtures are going to be so important for us. Champions League road games are, are, are you know, just different beasts. And uh, yeah, that, that was that definitely saved. What would have been a bad situation early on? Schalke went into halftime zero zero. Um, Imbola would pick up a yellow in twenty seventh, but. This, despite being zero zero, I thought Schalke looked the best they had in a while, really. And I think it's because of the pressing style that the team had. Uh, it seemed constantly on top of Porto, trying to force them to get turnovers, leading to quick transitions. 
Um, I thought this was key in why they were doing so well. Um, what did you see in that first 45 minutes that 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 you liked from, or the positives you saw from them? No, I would agree with you. I think this Porto match was probably the most successful pressing effort Schalke's had in any competition so far this campaign. Um, we definitely looked a little bit more convincing. I'm not saying it was a great performance by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I, I think defensively it was a little bit more convincing and making things difficult for them to advance the ball and that sort of thing and not letting people have free reign. So, uh, I mean, not a lot going on from the offense still, which is a huge problem. It's been that way, you know, most of last season and that's bled into this season so far. But uh, at least from the kind of things we want to be trying to do on a game-by-game basis, it definitely seemed like that was a, a more convincing effort. I thought McKenney did fairly well in that regard as well. I, I agree, absolutely. Um, going into the second half, Mark Uth would also pick up a yellow uh, that would make both of our forwards with the yellows in this game. Um, and, you, you know, you were talking about earlier, um, we're going to talk about the goal here in the, in the 64th minute. Um, Serdar was inserted into the game as well as McKinney, two youngsters uh, with bright futures, both, you know, with def- in the defensive aspect and as well as the offensive aspect. Um, Serdar likes the attack on goal. We've seen McKinney try to do it as well. Um, neither have been scoring much, but the fact that they're into these, uh, into the attack is, is excellent. And, and on the goal, Serdar does well to jump in there, find McKinney who's streaking down, down the field. Uh, McKinney, uh, it was almost like a no look pass goes across the goal to Mbolo who's wide open and Mbolo kind of muffs the shot, but it was perfectly placed. He would score the goal, um, not the best goal by him, especially compared to the goal against Gladbach, but the brilliant team play, I think, that led to the goal. Uh, when I saw that go, and I said, okay, we're definitely going to – we're going somewhere now. We got something. We found something. Um, t- talk me through what you saw on that goal. Yeah, it's a nice nice move by Serdar gaining possession and, and getting it over to McKenney And McKinney did an excellent job getting his head up and uh, caught the trailing run of, of Mbolo, played a – not a perfect, but – a nice curved ball that that ultimately found him and actually just the way I didn't think he had much of an angle honestly I wasn't actually convinced that he was gonna put that away but he somehow uh snuck that he didn't even really hit it that hard either he just kind of like dragged it and for whatever reason just the momentum of the defenders the way that shot was hit um snuck into that that far corner but um yeah a nice move it was a it was a great counterattack off of you know possession change and um taking advantage of one of the few opportunities I think we had. So Schalke up one nothing in the game. Uh, Tedesco obviously wants to keep the, keep the legs fresh, uh, keep the guys hungry for more. So uh, Mark Uth would come off, especially he's on the yellow. Uh, Yevon Konoplyanka would come in his place. And Bolo would eventually be substitute a couple minutes later for uh, Guido Bergstaller. Um, and it seemed like when Bergstaller came in, uh, Porto started pushing a lot more forward. Um, and then in the 75th minute, um, sure enough, lo and behold, they get another penalty. This one, I am not so sure was a penalty. Uh, the, well, the first one you can have an argument for, I'm having a hard time finding a reason why this is a penalty. Did you, did you feel the same way or how do you it took me that? four or five different replay angles to see something that even looked like it might have been contact. Um, I, I, I'd have to go back and look at it again. I'm still not convinced there was significant contact at all. Um, I'm not sure why that was given with 
so little hesitation and so much authority because it was not conclusive at all to me live or on the replays. I think the replays made it look maybe even worse than it was. I don't know. It was it's infuriating, man. You know, we we, we avoid that first one, which I think was a questionable call as well. Yep. You know, find a way to get that first goal, which is not a situation that we've been in a lot this season. We we tend to concede the first one and trying to fight our way back into these matches. And it looked like we we very well might be able to somehow eke out a you know home win to start off the Champions League and and uh you know just yet again another highly questionable you know referee decision and you can't expect Fairman to save every single one of these so yeah not not the way we wanted to to close that one out but I think overall a uh, a solid effort from the boys in this game I was kind of hoping Telus would try to take the penalty kick again yeah right <laughs> but unfortunately for us it was uh, Otavio who would step up and he would finish it. Um, Fairman completely guessed it wrong on that one, uh, but you know there's only so much he can do. He said 50 percent in penalties in the game, so I mean, t- tough call against. Uh, I heard initially when it when it, initially when it happened, someone said, "Oh, you know, they went to VAR and then VAR gave him the penalty." And, went, and you're watching the game, you're like, "No, it went right." He, the referee pointed right away to the penalty spot, and there is no VAR in, in Champions League. So um, yeah, I don't know what he saw or what someone else saw, but. Uh, it, was, it was a ridiculous call, in my opinion, and the wind knocked him down, really. But anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, so it was 1-1 at that point. Um, the only really other thing worth to mention in that game is Armin Harit would come in the 84th minute for Swat Serdar. Um, that game would end 1-1. We talked last epi- last episode that we were on um, that a good result for Schalke would be a draw against Porto because Porto are, a, are an established Champions League team. So... We got the draw, though. Looking at it in hindsight, now a draw is a is a, left a bad taste in our mouth, didn't it? Yeah, and I don't want to say that we we played. I mean, here's the thing: if Shaka played better, one of these referee decisions wouldn't make a difference. If right. we're if we're knocking in more goals, if we're if we're putting in better performances, then um, these things aren't going to end up ruining the results for us. And I am by by no means, and I want to make this clear claiming that our performances this this season have been a result of the referees we've been there's a lot of reasons why we are in the position yeah. we're in and that's that's a very small contributing factor to that in my opinion but anyway um yeah I, i'm just glad we ended up with, with something from this one it was it was a you know not ideal but a solid way to start making sure we get something out of that first match and uh you know it remains to be seen how good the rest of this teams in this group are going to be but you would think that porto would likely be the biggest challenge for us. And so to, to start off um, getting something from a match against them is a good way to start off. Now, as we've said repeatedly, given the way Schalke is playing this year, I'm not trying to say that we're going to walk over, you know, locomotive Moscow or, you know, it's, it's, we'll have to see what happens with that. I'm not confident about it, but um, could have been worse on this opening day. And I think that at least gives us hope going forward. Yeah. Um, Good result. It's a point overall, but the team will have to step up a lot more if they're gonna want to progress. And we 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 said it before that Shaka should be progressing, and if they don't, it's a, it's it's a failure. Um, so it's gonna be even that much harder considering their current form. I, I was very confident before, and now I'm not so sure. Um, but hey, you got it. They got a point, so at least at least that's something. Um, you didn't lose at home, so that's that's good. But they would be back home uh, to face the. Uh, the reigning champions, Bayern Munich, uh, yesterday, actually Saturday, um, in the Oktoberfest Derby. And um, let's look at the lineups for this one. Fahrman, Sané, Naldo, Nastasic, 
Kalajiri, Rudy back in the lineup, McKinney's and uh, in, in this one, Schoff, um, Mark Uth, Imbolo, and DeSanto in the false nine. Um, this lineup is, uh, well, first off, there was very little rotation in this. I expected to see a lot more rotation, and, and we didn't have it. Um, and I don't know if that's because of injuries that I was unaware of or what, but um, the guys, especially the back three, especially Naldo, who's 96 years old or whatever, he needs some rest. There's no way he can, at his age, at 34, be able to play three games in a week. Maybe if he doesn't practice, but um, little rotation by Tedesco. I was a little upset about that just because I wanted to see more guys like Toykert and other guys uh, out on the pitch. Uh, how do you feel about this lineup and then the lack of rotation? Well, I think Tedesco's marriage to this three-center-back system is part of the reason we're not seeing that rotation because Stambouli is obviously still injured. There's not really anyone to, to slot in there necessarily, um, which is why I'm surprised he hasn't experimented with some sort of more standard Four you know, two-center-backs. Yep. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two full-backs kind of situation. Um, you know, it's something that we saw in the preseason against um, – Fiorentina at one point, like a four-two-three-one. Uh, so I, I was kind of expecting something along those lines at some point. We'll we'll see if it ends up happening. But I know yeah, I agree with you. I think Naldo uh, probably needs needs a breather every once in a while, and hopefully when Stambouli comes back, that'll be a thing. Um, where's Where's Amin Harit? That is a million dollar question. I, I know he comes into this game later. I, I mean, like, you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm so tired. Of this, of this Franco DeSanto nonsense, in place of a player that is just like objectively better, the most in, in the ways that, that matter year. for this team. I mean, yeah, I, and maybe maybe Tedesco with this lineup was was trying to go for a repeat performance of you know the first time that we faced Bayern or whenever or whenever that was. I, mean, I forget. It might have been the second game. The second of last game, season yeah. We, second we game. pressed them just yeah for, for for ninety minutes and we put in a really good performance and you know. Maybe he was trying to recreate that, and obviously DeSanto historically has been useful in that kind of game plan, but good Lord, he's seen the pitch too much in my opinion, and we'll get into more of him in a minute, but uh, I would like, to, personally, I'd like to see more Konoplyanka, I'd like to see more Amin Harit, um, more Bentaleb even. I think I think Rudy's been disappointing thus far. How are you liking Mbolo? We, we have to give him time. How are you liking Mbolo? At the, at the top, uh, I'll tell you how I, I like it. Listen, actually. I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I, I'm never blown away by him, but at least he's scoring goals. And I, once again, I'm not trying to be too hard on Oot either. Is we've talked about this before. I, I think he's being asked to work a lot harder than he has been recently. So I, right. I, I'm sure he's very frustrated that he's spending all these games running around and is getting no service, which is definitely not his fault to some extent. But um, I mean, you. you Briel Mbolo is, is a very talented player, and he, I mean, I think he, we would both agree that he needs to be starting more often than not for us. Yeah, and uh, and at least as of late, he's been starting a lot more, and it's been showing. I guess his confidence is going. I mean, the first goal he scored against Gladbach was was a brilliant one. This one, you know, you you could set as one of your career best goals, and then um, scoring in the Champions League, which is always good for not only for the player and for the team, but for his confidence. And um, it's good that we need someone with speed like him and Konoplyanka and Harit. Uh, guys who can beat these uh, backline defenders. I mean, DeSanto and Burksall are as much as we like them. They're not beating anybody in pace. Uh, you, you just hope that they're going to hard work, outwork somebody 
and be in the right position for a goal. Um, <laughs> I think you were right about the why DeSanto was inserted into this lineup. Uh, the second game we played Byron last year, he played in that false nine. That's the first time we saw the false nine. And they pressed the, the shit out of, of Bayern Munich, and it was successful. They pressed him for 90 minutes. That might have been the best performance you've seen in a while from Schalke, despite the loss. Uh, but in this game, from the early get-go, it was evident that they were not pressing for whatever reason. I don't know if they had changed the, the tactic or what, or just the players weren't responding. Um, but the team was not pressing whatsoever. Bayern were in full possession. You know, Bayern were always going to have the better possession in this game. Um, but because of that possession would lead to uh, a set piece, a, a corner. And last year, this was our bread and butter. This year, it's our our Achilles. And in the eighth minute, one of the smallest players on the pitch, Jaimes Rodriguez, would score a header uh, to give Bayern the lead one nothing. Um, you know who was at fault of that goal. It was a new man, Sebastian Rudy. Um, can we blame him completely for that goal, or is it just poor all around? I don't know. I mean, Salif Sané was in the vicinity. Had his knees bent, was crouching, didn't make an effort to go jump in front of him and try to win that at, uh-huh. at, at a higher point in that ball's arc. Um, I don't know what he's doing. He's supposed to be this big physical presence. Um, you know, him and Naldo were two of the most dominant players in the Bundesliga in aerials last year. Certainly haven't seen that. So I'm not going to put it entirely on Rudy, but I mean, you let a player as small as James Rodriguez basically almost have a free header off of a set piece. It's not. It's not the same team, man. It's it not. just isn't. I mean, that was that was the third corner kick goal we've conceded in four matches. We conceded three all of last year, and that's. <laughs> I, I knew. I knew that things were going to change this year. There was a lot of areas where we overperformed, but I didn't think the fall back down to earth was going to be this, this set pieces. And I I mean, maybe I don't even want to draw, you know, massive conclusions from this game in particular, because it is Bayern Munich and they've gotten off to a phenomenal start under Kovac. Um, But just more evidence of, you know, the the things that we were relying upon last year have not continued. And that is not a, that is not a good sign for us going forward. It almost seemed like last year, you know, we obviously worked on our set pieces because it was we were so good at them. It almost seemed like this offseason we just forgot about the set pieces. We were like, you know, we're good at it. Let's forget about it. We can we can do it when the time comes. And it looks like they have no direction at all. Their set pieces, both on the offensive side and the defensive side, um, both the, the two stalwart or the two giants that we thought were going to be uh, mastering the air. Naldo and uh, and Sane, they're getting beat a lot. I have not seen Naldo's gotten beat more in the air this year, and probably Sane too, than they both did last year. Um, and we've only been played three, four games, four games now. Um, so it, that that's that's scary. That's a scary sight. Um, speaking of Naldo, I don't know if it's a man. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it's a man marking issue or, or what. But that, yeah, that has to get resolved. No, but they're not doing the homework. That's what it looks goals like. Like that. I mean, listen, if Bayern breaks you down with slick passing and the kind of things that they're capable of because they, they really can, you know, just eviscerate people in that way. If they do that, you tip your hat to them and you say, Hey, you guys are good. That's why you've yep. been in the league this often. Yep. This goal inside 10 minutes is not the kind of goal you want to be giving to Bayern Munich. That's not the kind of goal that you got to make them earn it a little bit more than that. Yeah. I mean, and Frank would have scored that goal and she was left them blind. No, I'm just kidding. That's how we color. It's bad, bad clerk suit reference. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, speaking of All Naldo, right 
No, go ahead. Continue. Uh, I was say speaking of now though, uh, he would pick up a yellow in the thirty second minute. Uh, usually when it's a yellow, I you know they probably deserve it. This one though, I didn't think he deserved. Uh, it was a foul on who was? It? Oh, I don't remember now. Um, I want to say Rodriguez, but I, I don't remember. Oh, Goretzka. I think it was a Goretzka. Um, he wins the ball. So him and Goretzka are going for the ball. Goretzka has a chance to break, you know, break in on goal. And he dives, Naldo does, gets the ball, wins, wins, wins the ball, and Goretzka goes down in the process, and Naldo gets the, gets the yellow card. I thought that was a bad call on that one because um, Naldo got the ball, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, was a, it was a hard tackle, but it was a clean tackle. There's, there's no argument. It's a bad decision, once again. Yep. Now, one that I am agreeing with the referee that they got right was another another yellow would be 10 minutes later. Daniel Calagiri, when he steps on, um, not, not intentionally, but you know because he was going hard to the play, uh, steps on Jaime Rodriguez's uh, ankle or something like that. That was yellow. I, yeah, I get, I, I get that. You know, if they're yellows, they're yellows. But they're like the first one, the Naldo one, was certainly not. Um, it just it seems like every, every call is going against us, whether we like it or not. And, and that's not the reason we're losing, like you said. It's not, but it seems that this year we're definitely maybe maybe we've always gotten this many calls against us, but when we're winning, when we're scoring goals, it's unnoticed. You, you turn your cheek, but mm-hmm. this year it just seems like it's every every call is going against us. Yeah, well, and I agree with you. that. That Caligari yellow was 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 deserved, but um, yeah, even in this game, it definitely seemed like there were some calls that they were letting go on, on things that might have been fouls against Bayern, um, and you know the Naldo. Yellow card and some other decisions definitely did not go our way when I think they should have. Well, looking at the first thirty minutes, and, of the and game, those things just don't help. I mean, the, the, you no. know, I mean, Byron's going to beat you because they're Byron, but those are the things that you don't need on top of that for sure. You can't beat yourself. You have to let them beat you, right? They're good enough. They don't need any help. Um, first thirty minutes of the game, um, obviously Byron's going to be the better of the two in possession, but it didn't. It it seemed like. Um, and the, this would become more evident throughout the game, is that Shaka's midfield were almost not visible. Um, McKinney, you know, I think I read a stat that he only had, you know, five completed passes all the whole game while well, he's only in for 50 minutes or so. But um, yeah, well, maybe it's because Domenico Tedesco is playing Franco DeSanto as a number eight. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? This is the qu- why is that question. A, why is that a thing? Don't know because he's good at pressing. Give me a give me a fucking break. You gotta be kidding me. I mean, he was literally a holding midfielder at periods of this match. It is absurd. I I, I do not understand. I mean, yeah, you want to know why? I mean, listen, McKinney needs to do a better job. He absolutely does. Um, he has not made. I mean, you look at you look at a guy like Joshua Kimmich, who's you know completing I don't even know how many passes in this match, and it's just absolutely brilliant. And then you have Weston McKinney who plays a half football and completes what you said like five something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's not good, but I mean, it doesn't help when you're playing a worthless striker as a holding midfielder, either Domenico Tedesco. And also, Richard, what what is what is the game plan when we're in possession of the ball here? What Launch is it? it? Launch it. Because to me, it looks like we've completely abandoned any sort of possession, any sort of short passing game in terms of, oh, we turn the ball over, let's play an aimless, directionless long ball in yeah. the hope that, you know, Mark Uther and Bolo can run onto it. Which they almost invariably cannot do, because it's it's such a low. Pr- I mean, like we we spend all this time with with Bayern dribbling around because they're Bayern and they're good. We get the ball and we immediately give it away, cheaply. Yeah. Like 
okay, I'm sorry that we don't have Max Myers, a number six pivot anymore, to kind of you know play balls and be the fulcrum, that kind of thing. You can't just completely abandon that game because it, you, whatever situation you have right now is not ideal. Oh, Stan Bowie's hurt, so we can't build out of the back. Bullshit. Yep. Y- y- the answer is not to kick the ball 40 yards of field. Stop it. This is not – I mean, this is how you're going to attack Bayern? And they've been doing this in other matches too. Give me a break. Continue. Sorry. No, no. That's absolutely valid points because last year when a game against Bayern or just any game you want to pick during the season, the play went through the midfield. And now you brought in a guy like Rudy who can distribute and you're not using him. Well, or, so th- that's the other thing. I mean, you, you want to talk about McKinney completing five passes. It's hard to com- him to complete a pass when they completely bypass the midfield. Yes. The second they get the ball. How is he supposed to pass the ball if he doesn't have possession of it? Exactly. It, it, he, he, absolutely need, he absolutely needs to play better. But like when, when you know, Caligari or Sané picks up the ball or somebody and they completely bypass the midfield and kick it out in front of who? I mean, like, he, he can't teleport. No. Our midfielders can't just appear somewhere that they're not. I mean, it's, it's insane. If you're going to beat Bayern Munich or any team that's got quality, you have to beat them through the midfield with possession, passing, not long balls. If you had, if you had uh, Sadio Mane, uh, Mo Salah, and Firmino, then maybe you can play the long ball, so they'll go get it. But um, this team is yeah, built Fellaini, for that. Right? Yeah, right, right. The most right. foolproof <laughs> game plan in, in football is just play a long ball to Fellaini with his back to go in the box. Exactly. But we don't I don't have see all the Belgian mountain troll that is Fellaini anywhere on our squad, so stop it. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. That's it's ridiculous what they're playing. And one some one of our listeners made a comment that you know maybe Schalke should revert to the old five oh five formation because they're just pa- bypassing the midfield you know completely, uh, and it's really hurting our game. Um, yeah, might as well. Yeah, I agree. So we would go on the halftime down one nothing. Um, the the note of the game that I really want to talk about. Well, there's many, but the first note I should say is uh fifty fourth minute. Um, Jaimes Rodriguez would. Would him and McKinney going for a loose ball? Hymas tries to get the ball and goes for a hard kick and gets all of McKinney. That one, McKinney would go out with an injury. Uh, obviously, could not stand, put any weight on his on his on his leg, and he had to be carried off. Uh, in would come Bentaleb. You know, initially when that happened, I thought, oh, here we go, we we lost him for the season. Um, results that came back, I think today, and they said it was just a bad bruise, not anything torn in the knee or anything. So. It's a small glimmer of hope um, for both the U.S. men's national team and Schalke. But when that first happened, Jack, you had to have been holding your breath. Yeah, it, it looked really bad. He caught he caught him cleanly on the shin with like a full kick. Um, I think all of us thought that might have been you know a fractured leg or something because uh, McKenney was in immediate distress and he was you know there's some tears being shed. I, I think I think he knew immediately that he was going to be missing time from it. Um, he couldn't put any weight on it. Uh, as you said, it ultimately ended up being I think it was classified as like a severe leg contusion um so some internal bleeding going on there and he's he's going to be out for the immediate future definitely he's going to miss some matches as he recovers but uh luckily they dodged a bullet and it's not going to be um anything that's you would think season ending or anything like that so we'll we'll have him back at some point in the hindrance to here uh no no yellow card for james rodriguez on that play yeah which was curious but you know whatever (laughs) <laughs> now let's go to a, a, a bunch of sequences here that I know you want to get into. Um, in the 64th minute, um, that guy again, Jaime Rodriguez, would be taken down in the box. This time, it was a correct call. Alessandro Schopp would trip up the uh, the Colombian. Um, he goes down in the box. 
upsteps Robert Lewandowski for the penalty kick. And as good as Fairman is, you know, it's got to be favoring the striker in this position. Uh, Lewandowski would score the goal, make it two nothing for Bayern. As a result of the of the goal, um, Harit would be subbed on for Franco Di Santo. Uh, Jack, <laughs> why don't you just walk us through this whole substitution here? First of all, real quick, that I don't know what Shuff is doing on that penalty. Yeah, Do you? No, I. I at first, I thought it was Uth, but Uth, it, it, you know, Uth it, got in the way, blocked it perfectly, and then he just like trips him up for whatever reason. I don't know why. Shuff, yeah, it looked it looked intentional to me, and yeah, I don't see yeah. a reason why he would have wanted to do that. It was stupid. Um, I mean, yeah, maybe they're in a quasi dangerous position, and they might have ended up scoring, but it's better than giving Lewandowski a one on one with the keeper from the spot. Just a stupid play from Shuff, so that doesn't help. Um, no. Once again, these are not the kind of Bayern didn't break us down. Nope. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they didn't break us down from open play. I'm not saying they didn't have opportunities. Fairman had, I know there's at least one where Fairman had to make an amazing save on, you know, a, a through ball that got played. He had, he somehow got a piece of it and, and saved what would have been a sure goal. So I'm not saying that, you know, they didn't have chances, but these are the things you can't do. You cannot let them score goals like this. You have to make them beat you and you can't give up, you know, corner kicks to midgets and you can't give up <laughs> penalties that are just point. Okay, anyway, so w- what happens is Franco DeSanto gets, gets subbed off and he's not happy about it. I don't know why. I mean, I mean, of all people to throw a fit on the sidelines for take, getting taken off, it's going to be Franco DeSanto. Are you shitting me? Yeah. You've, you've got to be kidding. Franco DeSanto, the most worthless player on this team. What is he – outside of his, his work rate, which, you know, anyone can work hard. You know, whatever. You want to talk about his pressing game? Great. I'm tired of talking about his pressing game. This guy needs to score some goals. He's a striker, for God's sake. I mean, maybe he's a number eight now. I don't know. I don't know what Tedesco's <laughs> doing. But he gets taken off, and he's on the sideline, and he's throwing, a little, he's throwing a fit. He's, you know, yelling at the coach. He's throwing water balls, whatever he's doing. How dare you? You, sh- you should be kissing Domenico Tedesco's ass yeah. for finding a way to get you on the pitch even if it is out of position as a number eight, because you certainly don't deserve to be on the pitch as a striker. You should be thanking that man for giving you playing time. Cause I certainly wouldn't. What have you, it, you know what, it, you know what, when he, when fans were harassing him earlier in the year and, and the team rallied around him, you know, good, whatever. I'm, I'm sure he's a great guy in the locker room, but knock it off. I don't care that he came out and he came out and apologized and said, Oh, you know, it was my competitive emotions got the best of me. Yeah. Go away. I don't want you in my club anymore. Get out of here. You know? They can sing songs other one. I, I got a song of my own. Hey, Franco DeSanto, get the fuck off my team, Franco DeSanto. <laughs> you make me want it. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Get Go away. You're garbage, and now you're causing a scene for being garbage. Stop it. Stop it. I, and I'm sorry I'm dropping so many expletives on this show at this point. Not my typical mode of operation, but that... <laughs> Once again, mm-hmm. of all people, there is there is nobody on this team that has less of a right to do that yep. than Franco DeSanto, in my opinion. Do you disagree with me? I agree 100% with you. Um, <laughs> so he, he's going to be he's been fined and he's been disciplined internally or something. I think he's he's not going to be traveling to Freiburg. Correct. With the team, he's been, you know, he's been dropped for I don't know if it's I don't know if it's been a definite amount of time that's been announced or whatever. It might just be the one game. I'm not sure. Um I, I hope it's 
indefinite. I don't care. Give him the Max Meyer treatment from last year. Yeah, Good right. Lord. It's it's like it's one thing to throw a tantrum and then that's it. But Tedesco said something to him like "Shut up, I don't want to hear anymore," and he continued on, uh, which is uh, if I was Tedesco, I would have said, "Go to the locker room, get out of here." Uh, the fact that he didn't do that, I guess he was he was in the middle of the game. I guess he couldn't do that. If it happened before halftime, I guarantee it would have happened. But um, yeah, this is unacceptable by DeSanto. Like you said, he is the one one player that who has no right to say anything. You you the only reason you're still in the league is because of Tedesco because he's found ways, like you said, to put put you in positions on the pitch. Why he started all the games he did last year is beyond me because he didn't score any goals for sure. Um, scored what two three goals maybe last year. So um, yeah, this is that's ridiculous and. Sure, he did the right thing by apologizing, but no, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. Like you said, there's, you have no reason to be to be arguing at that point. And you're down two nothing. What have you done to contribute to the game? You had a you had one shot on goal. You were lazy just before the 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 penalty kick goal. You were lazy by getting by being offside when no you had no right to be offside at that point. It would have been a you, you would have been one on one with the goalie possibly if you stayed onside, but you didn't because you're lazy. Um, so yeah, get off the get just get out of here, buddy, because. We're done with you. I mean, this is ridiculous. No, you're not scoring goals, and then now you're throwing tantrums. Get out. You know. Who are you, Max Meyer? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, anyway. I'm heated, bro. I'm heated. <sighs> oh, let's hug it out, bro. Hug it out. <laughs> uh, well, um, a couple minutes after that, uh, Mark Uth would be substituted for Bergsteller. No tantrums that I heard of. Um, there, uh, Uth took it like professional like he is. Um, that would be pretty much the, all the highlights of that game. Byron would win two nothing. Shaka dropped to zero and four, zero points in the league, dead last. Uh, this is uh, this is like the Vine Zero era almost. Well, at least results wise, I I'm not gonna say yet performance wise, but I don't know what's going on. Um, are you with me? Are you thinking that Tedesco is trying to be too cute in his formations, and the guys are just not playing good enough? I I had defended Tedesco for a while up to this point. And, and once again, this is not me saying, hey, get rid of him or anything like that. I, I do not believe that at all. Um, I still believe in the man. I, I mean, I have a ton of faith in him. But um, que- questionable decision. You, you cannot tell me then that, that what the players were doing yesterday was just improvised. That that had to have been some sort of directive from it. And we've heard him talk about it. He, he's... He's stated in press conferences that he's somewhat abandoned the short passing game for the time being. In favor, you cannot tell me that you're so bad at that and so inept at that that it that it's somehow a better option to just boot long balls up and just give the ball away immediately. Yeah, I mean, and that that's that's a directive from the manager, and I think it's I think it's a poor one. Franco DeSanto playing at Nate. Why stop? I mean, so yeah, there's there's team selection issues now as well. Um, I mean, especially in a week that has this many matches in it you know three matches in a matter of days you know we couldn't have seen the injection of somebody else in there give somebody else a shot i yep. mean like Twicker. i mean mascarell hasn't got any playing time yet right mm-hmm. i mean harit's barely played he came out as a sub i understand that but like connor planka was remained on the bench for that i mean I, I i am i am annoyed with tedesco at this point a little bit um the the tactical mind that we saw last year has not been has not been on display so far this season. Um, I mean, credit to Kovac and Bayern Munich. I mean, they came out with a with a good setup and took full advantage of it. Um, that that 
three one four two that Schalke has been employing on such a regular basis was not a good way to line up against this Bayern team, I don't think. Um, but even so, I mean, you, you have to find a way to put on a better show than that and have some semblance of, of, of a strategy in possession that is anything beyond what, what they were doing. It's, it's bad, man. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where we go from here. It's, it's early. In, I mean, what, here's the other thing. It's early in the season. It is. It's very, we are in dead last. We have a negative six goal difference. Um, I, I understand that, but we are one match away from being out of the relegation zone entirely because Leverkusen sitting at 15th right now with three points. So it, it's very, I mean, anything can happen. We, we could rattle off three wins in a row and be in decent shape, you know? Yeah. Probably not mid table, but yeah. definitely not in last place. So the people online right now that are saying, Oh, we're going to be fighting relegation. I'm, I'm not in that camp at all. It's an early season. I'm not, you know, doom and gloom. I'm not doomsday scenario right now, but I am disappointed with the way this team has been playing, um, and I'm 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 just surprised by that. So I, regression was inevitable to some extent. I, I think. I mean, it, you had them winning the league. Yeah, um, it's not happening now. Which I appreciate the optimism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had I still had them qualifying for the Champions. I think I had them in fourth preseason. So I mean, regression was inevitable. But this is this is a little bit more than I expected. And I really I really think the talent in the squad is is better than you know. The, the individual parts have been better than the sum so far, and I, I don't know what we do about it. And I know we want to say give credit to Kovac for, for planning this way, but how much you, you can't give credit to the Wolfsburg manager, to the Berlin manager, to the Gladbach manager. Uh, we're averaging giving up two goals a game. We're scoring half a goal a game. That's unacceptable. You're not going to win anything with that kind of performances. Um, and it seems like last year our bread and butter was our midfield uh, this year, it's our, it's our big weakness point. We brought in some players that we thought could help us there, and it seems like, yeah, of course, they're not going to be all on the same page yet because there's a bunch of new players. But you're not even playing like the same style that you did last year. It's like they're going for a different style. They want to be a different team. Maybe it's, it's all in the effort to try to be more offensive, but that's not panning out yet, and it's hurting your defensive game. Um, if you have to go to a four four man you know defensive unit or even a five man unit. Do it. Find some way to, to to shut down the other opponent. At this point, you need to stop the bleeding before it gets worse. So they need to get more back into their yeah, defensive and listen, and, mindset. And, I mean, Kim McCauley, who's a pretty yeah. prominent yes figure on on soccer Twitter. Um, she tweeted out. I mean, she's been watching these games. I, I feel bad that she's been doing that, but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, she mentioned that. You know, if if Schalke was match fixing and they were trying to lose, they wouldn't even have this few completed midfield passes. That wouldn't have been a thing. Like, because that's it, it's absurd. Like, you have to try really hard to be that inept in midfield. And I, and I think that's a fair statement. And obviously, there's a lot more to it than that. It doesn't explain everything that's going on with the team. But I mean, you look. And once again, it is Bayern Munich. But I mean. I, I, I struggle to believe there's going to be a team that's going to play Bayern Munich the rest of the season and is going to have that poor of a midfield performance against them. And, and we're talking about the team that finished runner-up last year in Schalke. It's embarrassing. It really is. It is embarrassing, and Schalke can only sulk for so much because they're going to be playing again on Tuesday, not for the Champions League. This time they're going to play Freiburg. Uh, 
Um, I think the game is actually at Freiburg, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look at the schedule real quick. Yep, it's at Freiburg. Um, I've been there before. It's a lovely little town. Anyway, um, yeah, it's 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 not going to get any easier. Yeah, Freiburg are sitting in 14th place, four goal or four points for four games. Um, they got one win and one draw and two losses, but. It's not going to get. It's not going to necessarily cakewalk either. The way Schalke has been playing, they're, it's going to be a tough game for them. Um, no, Di Santo is going to help, <laughs> absolutely. But Schalke need to figure a way to incorporate the midfield into their game plan. If they do the same, uh, same style that they did against Bayern, where they bypass the midfield all altogether, it's going to be the, another result of a loss. And Schalke need to turn it around quickly. I'm hoping this will be the game. Mark Uth gets a goal. Uh, maybe in Polo too. Uh, we need to score at least two goals. That's gonna be our goal from here on out. Because one goal is not gonna cut it. You know, defensively we're giving up two goals a game. That's yeah. got, something's got to change. Yeah, we, we need we need at least four points for the next two games, preferably six. But um, yeah, if we come out of here with like one or two points somehow, <laughs> we're we're in trouble, man. We're in big time trouble. So. I'm trying to keep as positive as, as I can, but once again, the performances have not been there to say, hey, you know, we've just been unlucky or, you know, there's something that we can build on. I, I struggle to find anything to build on from that Bayern performance and, and from yeah. a couple of the different performances in recent games, you know, the Porto one notwithstanding. Like, it's been, it's been very, very, it, it's been relegation play, plain and simple. If you took the, yeah. if you took the name, off the jersey and you didn't know what team was playing and you told them that was in last place, I mean, you would not be surprised by that at all. It's completely deserved. As as bad as the stretch was this last three games or four or five games going to the season so far, uh, there's a little bit of glimmer of hope because, as we said, we've got Freiburg next, Mainz, who, Mainz after them, though Mainz are in the top half of the table at the moment, uh, Lokomotiv Moscow for, in the Champions League game. We're gonna have to go to Russia for that, and then Fortuna Dusseldorf um, on the on October sixth. So that's a four game stretch that you can you can build confidence on. Um, let's see what they do. Uh, they better get at least a couple wins out of this out of the stretch. Um, well, at least for the Bundesliga uh, fixtures, they need to get some wins. Um, and if they don't at least get two wins, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's I would be at a loss of words at that point because, um, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> 0-4 right now. If we ended up, say, we lose all three of those games, 0-7, I don't see Tedesco sticking around, if that's the case. Not that I don't I think he's the right man for the job, but they got to change around big time, yeah. man, because offensively are pathetic. Yeah, at some point, pathetic. yeah, at some point, their hand would be forced at some point, definitely. And, we, yeah, it's, it's it's too early to talk about that for me, but let's, let's hope yeah, we don't yeah. get into a situation where that actually has to be a conversation, because that'd, that'd just be sad all around. Now that we're all amped up, anything else you want to talk about in this one? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think we've covered it. Um, yeah, just disappointed, man. It's uh, yeah. I'll be I'll be watching. I'll be rooting. I'll try to keep the good vibes going. But uh, this was cathartic. I'll say that I needed that a little bit, especially after the antics of DeSanto and everything. So I don't know. Hope, hopefully, the team can rally. Um, around each other and around the manager and, and string off a couple of results and start getting some momentum and turning this thing around. But uh, yeah, it, we need to, that's, that's all there is to it. it there's it's, it's, it's time to uh, 
put up or shut up, basically. Got to get it done. Yeah, no kidding. We're going to need to bring in some um, analytical minds in this one just to figure out what's going on with Schalke, either Dave Lee or Abo Mazaros, um, someone to help us break down why Schalke have been so poor, so pathetic. But we'll get to that when it yeah, comes. Yeah, well, Abel's Mr., uh, Mr. Big Shot on Hungarian TV now, so I don't know if he's going to be available for us. But, I, yeah, I would love to have Abel on to, uh, to break this down because, obviously, a, a much better tactical um, – mind than either of us but uh absolutely <laughs> yeah maybe maybe he maybe he can solve Schalke's issues and where, where we cannot but exactly um, somebody needs to for sure that's that's the bottom <laughs> one. All right Schalke fans what did you make of the Royal Blues performances this week um and what do you expect from the Freiburg match tell us about it at so4 underscore podcast on Twitter well, that'll wrap it up on this one. Uh, our rants are officially over. Keep tuning in each week as we will bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke, Fox Soccer, and the Bundesliga for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, any rants you want us to go, if you want to have a rant of your own, uh, send us a tweet at SO4 underscore podcast. Um, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N, J-M Mangan on Twitter. Um, hopefully my rants will uh, mostly stay on the podcast and off Twitter. I'll try to, I'll try to be a little bit more of a positive <laughs> presence there. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can interact with me on, on Twitter for sure. Very good, very good. And once again, I am your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me on Twitter as well at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Jeez.